and I had looked on the weather and I saw it was going to be kind of nice out and I thought well that'll be good but then it's been a little warm and and it was a little humid and I kind of missed the 50s and 60s but that's me but uh, we're looking forward to a good time it's already been a good time Turn your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 9. Book of Acts chapter 9. You pray for me. We're uh, in therapy. I'm learning to tie my shoes. And it's proving quite difficult and frustrating uh, you give it a shot one-handed the most difficult part is my stomach gets in the way uh, when I was a kid my knee got in the way and now my stomach gets in the way when you learn how to tie your shoe but uh, it's, uh, it's rather frustrating and to learn some of these things over again just some of the some of these things I want to speak from some of these familiar verses we've read them but uh, I want to speak from them again and my subject is three commands from a gracious Savior Three commands from a gracious Savior. I want to begin at verse 1. <clears throat> and Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly there shined, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> one second. <clears throat> Thank you. Verse 3, and as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And here is the three commands. And the Lord said unto him, Arise. That's the first. The second and go into the city, and then the third, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And we'll read some other verses as we go. We last left Saul of Tarsus on the ground, trembling and astonished, and in total surrender. You remember the words he said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do. 
And this is the place that every sinner must be brought to if they are to be truly saved and uh, to be born again, converted, regenerated, uh, redeemed. All the words that the Bible uses to describe salvation, if they're to be uh, uh, uh a new creation in Christ Jesus, they must be brought to this place of total surrender unto the Lord. And that's exactly where Saul of Tarsus was brought to. And you see here how that he says this, and look at those words again in verse 6 of Acts chapter 9. And you read there and it says, And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And so he just fully surrenders over to the Lord. And that's exactly where you and I who are saved by the grace of God, if we've gotten away from that, we need to return to that. We need to return to the place where we have... uh, Uh, gotten where we're just surrendered over to the Lord, Lord, what will you have me to do? A complete and utter trust in the person of the Lord. We, We get away from that sometimes. We get away from trusting Him, a full reliance on Him, and so we take things into our matter, you know, our own hands, and Israel, they got into that as well. And we get there too. And we need to return to that. But I'd like you to notice here, as we said, three commands from our gracious Savior. And you notice here that these things are right in line with Scripture. Right in line with all Scripture. You know, there the Bible tells us, and I, I, I'd like you to look here, Command, and I I just have real basic points this morning. Command number one. Command number one, arise. And you know, it's it's real simple. I'd like you to look at verse 6. He tells him there, and the Lord said, halfway through the verse, and the Lord said unto him, arise. Well, again, remember, the Bible tells us, if you look back into verse 4, It says, And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? You see, that light suddenly shined round round about him, a light from heaven, and he fell down to the earth. And so that's where he was. In trembling and astonishment, and the Bible tells us in total surrender, And the Lord spoke to him and commanded him and said, Arise. And then you look down into verse 8. And the Bible says, And Saul arose from the earth. Now I want you to turn with me over to the book of James chapter 2. The book of James chapter 2. And it's funny... Not in a ha-ha kind of way, but it's funny how that so many imagine uh, uh, 
that there was a, uh, a contradiction between uh, the Apostle Paul and James, the writer of this book. They believed that they were contrary one to another. And James, he wrote, he said that if you don't have works, if you don't have good works that follow salvation, then you don't evidence that you're saved. Well, Paul, he evidenced that with his life. And Paul actually believed it and he wrote about it too. And one fella, Luther, that the first reformer who... I don't even know if he's saved. He's nothing but a Catholic monk. He said the book of James doesn't even really belong in the Bible. You believe that nonsense? Listen to James 2 verse 14. What doth it profit my brethren? Though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Now, notice, and here's, I want you to understand here, this is where a lot of non uh, Christians they want to they want to get you and me and they'll say well how if 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 Christianity is real then how come churches how come you're not you're not feeding everybody and clothing everybody and take care of all the poor well we're not commanded to do that it says if a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food and that what it says Jesus already told us you're going to have the poor with you always. He already told us that. So don't let people put pressure onto you to do things that your Savior didn't command you to do. Don't let it happen. Now let's move on. Verse 17. Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? And then he gives the two great examples of Abraham and Rahab. And so we find here that the Bible tells us that faith without works is dead. And so what are works? What are works? Works are outward evidences that one has been saved internally by God. Now there's two kind of works. There's dead works and there's living works. Dead works are those that we did before God saved us. Dead works, they boast of our own righteousness. Those works point to us. 
but those living works, those works that are done after we're saved, they boast of Christ. And Christ commanded Saul, he said, arise. And what did Paul do? He arose. Now this Greek word here, arise, it's used in a variety of ways in the scriptures. And in its simplest form, it simply means to stand up. That's all it means. It simply means to stand up. I'd like you to turn in the book of Acts to Acts chapter 17. I'd like to show you another way in which this word is used. Acts chapter 17, and I'd like to read verse 3 and a couple other verses here in Acts chapter 17. <clears throat> and again, I'm just showing you here another way in which this word arise in the Greek is used. It's used to describe the resurrection. And you know what it, uh, the resurrection refers unto? It's where one rises from deadness unto life. And here in Acts 17 and verse 3, there's a, here it refers unto the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in verse 3, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus whom I preach unto you is Christ. That word risen again, that's the same as arise in Acts chapter 9. But I'd like you to turn to verse uh, 30 and 31 as well. And I'd like you to notice here, again, we're showing here that this word is used to simply stand up, but there's a reference unto the resurrection. Verse 30. And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent, because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, and that he hath raised him from the dead. There it is, raised him from the dead. Here it's used in the raised. <coughs> referring unto the resurrection. But there's another resurrection that takes place when God saves a sinner. When God quickens a sinner by His Spirit. You see, when you're uh, lost, you're dead in trespasses and in sins, and God quickens you, He makes you alive, He resurrects you from the deadness of your sins. Look over in the Gospel of John, chapter 11. The Gospel of John, chapter 11. Again, we find the Scriptures tell us of this in John eleven forty three. You see, He quickens you and He calls you forth out of the miry pit, out of the clay, 
Just like He did Lazarus when He was in the tomb. Look here in John 11.43. It says, And when He thus had spoken, He cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound with a napkin. Not even the grave clothes, not even the, his face being covered up could stop Lazarus from coming forth from the tomb because Jesus said, come forth. And the same is true with sinners when God saves them and He says, arise, they're going to arise. Just as it was here, Lazarus come forth, that was a command. It was not a suggestion. Right. He calls his own unto him. And I tell you, beloved, if you're here, and maybe, maybe you're here and you've been beaten down. You that are saved, you've been beaten down by this world or you've been in a spiritual fight. You, The Lord will call you to arise when it's time. Just as He called the lost to arise in His time. He will apl apply the healing balm of Gilead. And when the wounds have been When they've been healed up, he'll say, all right, it's time to come forth. Amen. And it'll be done in his season. My people shall be willing in the day of my power. Just as you were when he saved you. There'll be a time for you to arise as well. And it won't be when others think. It may not be when you think. It may not be when I think. It'll be when he says arise. Secondly, I'm told that the word and is a conjunction and it creates a simple sentence into a compound sentence. I don't know much about that, but here we find the word arise and go into the city. And go into the city. The Bible tells us in verse 6 that Saul of Tarsus was commanded to go into the city. Look if you would in verse 8 of Acts chapter 9 and verse 8. It says, And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. We find here that he was told to go into the city 
But when his eyes were open, he couldn't see. And so the Lord set before him a task that was not without difficulty. Excuse me. In verse 18 of Acts chapter 9, we are told, and immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales. And he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. So there were, it says that there seemingly were some scales about his eyes. Does not this seem to mirror the very first commands given upon our conversion to us by our Lord? How impossible it seemed. I mean, he tells the Saul of Tarsus arise and go into the city, yet he can't see. Yet, nevertheless, God made it possible by His grace because with God all things are possible. In fact, if you'll notice verse 7, it says in Acts 9 verse 7, And the men which journeyed with Him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And verse 8, And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. These are the same men who were with him, who came with him and, and from Jerusalem, who were with him carrying uh, probably chains and shackles to arrest men and women who were Christians and church members with orders of the high priest And now they were leading him into Damascus at the command of Jesus. See, the Lord will turn and use anything because He's the Lord of hosts. And all things are at His disposal. I find it interesting how that the Lord said go into the city. He said, I want you to arise and go into the city. It's not the word city. Is that not what Jesus referred His church, likened His church unto? He said in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14 that uh, uh, His church is as a city that's upon a hill. Isn't that what He said His church was? And now the, the Lord says unto Saul of Tarsus, I want you to arise and go into the city. What are you supposed to do when you're saved by the grace of God? Arise and go into the Lord's kind of a church. 
Be a member of it. Enter in through the door of baptism. Thirdly, Acts chapter 9 and verse 6. Arise and go into the city and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And it shall be told thee what thou must do. No one likes to be told what to do. Amen. You'll never outgrow being told what to do. You'll never outgrow being or disliking what to be told what to do. But it is necessary to be told what to do. It is not a necessary evil to be told what to do. It's just necessary to be told what to do. <clears throat> Why even the Lord Jesus Christ gave great honor to being told what to do. In that he humbled himself and became obedient, meaning he was told what to do, obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And that he showed there was no shame in submission. You're always going to have someone telling you what to do your whole life. It starts out with your parents and grandparents. I told my mamma, I said, you're such a boss. Then you'll have teachers. Then you'll have a wife. Or a husband. You'll have bosses. And every boss will tell you what to do. The government is going to tell you what to do. At every level, they're going to tell you what to do. I've I've been I've driven at at the wee hours of the morning, and there is no one around. No one. You you look down every every road. There's nobody there, and you will stop and obey the traffic light. And there's no one there. Because they tell you what to do. You'll have doctors tell you what to do. You may or may not listen to them. But nobody 
so loving as Jesus Christ. Nobody so loving as Jesus Christ. With no ulterior motives. Of any kind whatsoever. Who desires nothing but your benefit. That which is good for you. Your eternal benefit. That which is good for your soul. Remember he said. Fear not them which destroy the body. But fear them which destroy. Fear him which destroys the body and soul in hell. Because the soul is eternal. This body is temporal. But that soul's forever. He said, I want you to go into the city and it shall be told thee what thou must do. God uses human instrumentality to tell us what to do. The first one he uses are your parents. Brother Dan, your visitors here. The first one he uses, as I said, are your parents. They're the first ones. And Lord willing, if you'll turn over to Romans chapter 10 for just a minute, peradventure, God will give you another one who will tell you what you need to do. In Romans chapter 10, And I'd like to read verse 13 and some following verses. Romans chapter 10 and verse 13. I had multiples whom God sent unto me who, as the Bible says, would tell me what thou must do. And I'm sure that you've had multiples whom God sent to you to tell you what you must do. And he says in Romans 10.13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Verse 14, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. 
God said that He has raised up ministers to tell you what thou must do. And the first thing is to repent and believe the gospel. That's the first thing. You see, right now, the Bible is very plain and clear on these things. And Christ Jesus, He came to this world, He died on the tree of the cross, that thou mightest be saved. And you need to believe it. You need to repent and you need to believe it. And he said to Saul of Tarsus, you need to arise and you need to go into the city. As I said, you need to arise. You need to go into the city. It's interesting, as I said, Matthew 5.14, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. The church is likened unto a city. And then he said, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Look over into Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. And look here. Matthew 28, 18. The Lord's going to tell us what to do the rest of our lives. And you and I are entering a time in the church age when the Lord said that people are going to fight against that. People are not going to like to be told what to do. And they're going to resist it. They're not going to like hearing what God's Word says. Listen to Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now notice, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Doesn't that sound a whole lot like and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. He says unto Paul, he says, Arise, go into the city, arise, go be a member of the church, and it will be told you what thou must do. Arise, go be a member of the church, and the church is going to teach you to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. They're going to teach you, Paul. And he was a quick learner, wasn't he? Lord blessed him greatly. Lord had great plans for him. 
We're here without Christ. The the I don't know what else to say or how to say it to you, but you need to repent and believe. It hadn't changed. It's not going to change. You need to repent and believe. If you've been kicking against the pricks, you need to stop. And you need to trust in the Lord. That you might be saved. And then you need to follow the commands of Christ. If the song leader pants will come, we'll sing a verse of invitation. Has the Lord spoken to you while we stand? Turn to page 62 in your hymnal. Just this I am. <clears throat> we'll sing two verses special. Okay. We'll sing two verses. One and two.
if you haven't already, that you grant her a new heart and cause her to follow you. And that goes the same for all the children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren of the members of this church. Lord, we long to hear of the salvation Amen. of one. We long to see it. And we just pray that you'd, you'd help us. Help us to stand for the truth. And to not be a discouragement, but an encouragement to one another and to the loss of the greatness of our Christ. For help in preparation for the meetings that are upcoming, there's a lot. There's some things that are overwhelming and appointments that each one has, whether they be doctors or uh, other appointments and different things that each one has. This uh, new month you brought us to, we'll be closing out another year. This year has just gone by, in my opinion. I know I slept for most of it, but... It's just gone by. But we thank you for it. We thank you for the amenities, Lord, that we we have with heat and air conditioning and a building that we can come and meet in. It's uh, It's been a blessing. And we, we pray, Lord, now that you'd help us. And thank you for another building we can meet in to fellowship Amen. and eat in. Not every church has these. And so we thank you for that. And we just pray that you'd help us to be mindful of Christ in our fellowship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
you guys get in there. We went through our house. I'm just gonna do this, you know, suckers. You mean dumb?
I'm sad a lot. Maybe it's because he's only sad as far as No, you were more than I was pregnant with you. Oh, yeah, for sure. There you are, though. I'm adorable. I'm adorable frustrated with something and not feel it You were mad because he just. You have to do one. You were in my arms. I was holding you, and he cried. And so your dad took you so I could pick him up. You mad at him? I was mad at him. It's like, Great show. Okay. What's my antidepressant? He's on, um, right now he's on, uh, um, cause it, they have him on that cause it's a nerve and the, but they're guns yeah, but he's gonna see someone just for that to see if they, they is it something that is better, cause it, some of his other medications can make him sleepy and have something, so they're gonna see if there isn't something that can kind of counter it. It's really enjoyed the cow. He eat He eat He eat I had it in my hand. He eat Yeah, hold on. He eat Hold on. and to sing some hymns and psalms unto you and 
for the privilege we have of uh, having a member, and I don't say this to toot her horn, but for the, the grace you've given her to us and having Sister Ferguson with us and teaching us, being able to teach us these, it's just a privilege to sing these psalms. And Lord, the, just the truth of them, we know that how, how true they are. And so Lord, help us. And that the might find your word might find lodgment in our hearts, that we would not sin against you, and that we might do what they say, especially this one. And so we ask you, Lord, to help us. Pray for the sister Trish. She's really got a a lot going on physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Pray, Lord, that you'd work uh, and your spirit would help her. And we know what it's like as parents. Uh, the care of our children and to be sleep deprived and just uh, all the things that she's, she's dealing with in a general way, but the specifics we do not, but you do. And as we know, you, you're touched with the feeling of our infirmities. And so, Lord, we ask you to be with her. Hold her up and help her. Pray for the uh, the lost in our that attend the services, that you might save them. She'll draw them unto Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to sing this one, right? Psalm 55.2. Okay, we're going to warm up, right? First, we're going to do our.
and you can put it on my table. Candy, I can't. You can put it on my table. Yeah, you can have it later. No, because you'll put it back in your mouth. That's why Okay, now you can throw it away. Nope, throw it away. Both of you throw it away. Because I told you to put it on my table and you didn't. So now you can throw it away. Can you sit with you? Come on, you want to sit with Pastor? Yeah! Sit with me. Ow, 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 ow. Okay. Hold this. Alright, now Sister Ferguson is going to go over this like we normally do.
Amazing Grace is faster, this is fast. Go with the Amazing Grace is faster, this is fast. No, 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 she's just yeah. saying it's We're not, not going to be forever. Practice long. Okay. okay. Your mother wants you to sit down there. Yeah, I just want to sit. No, she said to sit down there. I just want to sit. <laughs> All right, here we go.
So when he was singing, when he said move, you dwell on the uh, vowel move, and then the so the end the end the consonant should be like really short. So when there's a song like um, but now uh, uh, was blind but now I see or the hour I first believe when you sing believe dwell on the eve and then the it's like really short. So when we because when when there's a lot of like when when there's a choir um, if if one person um, makes the vowel short it's gonna stand out. So if all of us know that we we will dwell on the vowel, all of us will end in the same time. So so what he did was right, like move. So you I'm gonna call it the cow technique. Huh? <laughs> okay. So Prano, so this is this we'll we'll run this down real quick. Maya, come on. Amazing race. Yeah, amazing race. I'm gonna practice myself back there, <laughs> so that maybe I can get it right this time. Come on, Maya. Okay. Come on, Maya. It's um 487. Come on, Maya. Hey, Dad. Emma. After choir practice, I think I'm gonna go back and get the hymnal that you let me use last night. Oh yeah. And just like that's a lot of water. Almost the entire hymnal. It's, uh, yeah. has yes, has yes, no. oh, yeah. it's just like all the hymns that I know how to sing. And it shows almost all of them. Oh,
There's no girls in the tenors. Obviously. Is there really? Yeah, there's never. Did you know that if you ever so see a girl in the tenor, so she'll have an Adam's apple. <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't that. sing tenor. <laughs> I don't know what that means. And she was a I'm man a big solto. Alright, I'm kidding. Let's sing. Yeah, 
Good news, I can go high. <laughs> Awake? Okay. So, this is it. Oh, yep, thank you. Just leave a bone. 
Oh, 
don't know why, but it's this song specifically that I always have trouble with. <laughs> hey, we're not gonna, we're not gonna let it. Yeah, you, I'm actually making this Yeah, you said this song is just for those two? Yeah, so this, when you see Yeah, this song has no foundation. Do you, do you notice that this is smaller? This the note is smaller? That means it's not for singing. Yeah. Just for the piano. Okay. That song has no foundation. Though. No foundation. Because there's a foundation. So are we yeah, yeah, singing yeah. all together? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh boy. Okay. Thank Maya. You. Maya. That's cool. Come on. The foolish man oh, wrote this song upon the sand. Why you know what? What's the number again? Uh, uh, oh, no. uh, four eighty-seven. I knew what it was. I just forgot. That was fun. What? Foolish Wrote this song upon the sand. I thought it was good. And then the sea washed away. You see, you washed it. And then the sea washed away. What? Noah! Come on, sing all together. It's almost like a bed, isn't it? Okay, everybody, come get your songbooks. Okay. We're going to sing this hey. wonderful hymn. Come on, bud. He qualifies as deep for his age. No! No! Where's Emma? Emma here. Oh. That's not the right hymnal. Emma. That's a different hymnal. Emma. It's in a different key. You can't use this one. It's in a different key. Look here, we use it. I don't know what keys are. I mean, I know they are not always our little troublemaker. Anything you want to do? No, he didn't just was running. Whoa! What are keys? It's, it's what, what notes it's written in. You can sing a song in different notes. Higher, lower. So. Okay, let's go. You ready? Let me see the page so I can know.
It was better this time. That's why I've learned. Where you are breathing in at the same time. Yeah, it took me two and a half verses to get to where I was supposed to be. No, Nathaniel TJ, you know better. What happened? Wait, Nathaniel, you didn't mean to crash into you. Sister Ferguson? Yeah. Ferguson? Yeah. Ferguson? 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 Fer
It's not everyone singing at the same time. It's everyone singing together. <laughs> what is it, Emma? <laughs> What's that? She's very. She, she expresses herself by breathing. <laughs> All right. Why are your shoes off? You gotta have your shoes on. Well, let's pray. Actually, I never have my shoes on. Our Heavenly Fathers, we continue before thy throne of grace and mercy. Lord, it's been good to be in your house today. And of a truth, as your your prophet did say, I had rather be a doorkeeper in your house than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. And we thank you, Lord. We pray for one another. Lord, you know our needs. And help us, Lord, as we sang to cast our cares and our burdens upon you for you care for us and we thank you Lord that you do care for us and that there is no one who cares for us even as you do pray for those who who've been touched by your word Lord may it may it find lodgment in their hearts may it not return unto you void Lord, as only you can do, may you convict them of their sins and convict them of Christ. And may, by the power of your Spirit, it be mixed with faith unto salvation. Lord, it's a testimony of your grace that uh, the only difference between us and others is, is your grace and your Son, Jesus Christ. And so we pray here for these that are lost, that you might bring them unto saving knowledge of Christ. Bless Lord and help in the upcoming services. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Maya? 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 It works. Yeah, I thought it never did. No, I gave it back to you. It's probably in there. It might just be in the bag. Most likely. Yep. Bye. Bye. Ah. 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 Mine runs out. Come up. Let's go. Red's my color. The bottom of the is your color. Yeah. Get all the stuff you can Mmm. Nathaniel and Jameson, make sure you have all of your wands. Mama! Noah! You do not put all the wands outside the roller coaster. Noah! It feels good to see when you're not hungry. It does. Right? It's a lot easier to sing when you're not hungry. Hey! Maybe. 